Welcome to the AW Confidential Podcast. I'm the founder of Awakened Women and author of A Journey to Becoming the Best Self. AW is about sharing stories. I believe it's one of the best ways to create connection, heal, and learn from one another. I hope you join me and some guests along the way as we explore different perspectives and experiences on topics about women, for women, and to inspire, empower, and encourage women. Welcome to the AW Confidential Podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. Gracie Mercedes is a writer, filmmaker, podcast host, and actress. But prior to breaking into the world of entertainment, she was also a fashion stylist and beauty blogger, a woman after my own heart. (laughs) Currently, she plays Faye on NBC's Grand Crew. Gracie, thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And congratulations on all your success. I mean, it's just... Uh, Thank you. So we are going to talk about Grand Crew first because I love this show. Not only do a lot of your meet and greets with your friends, you know, Mm -hmm. come up at um, at Crew. It's a wine bar, no? Yes, it's called Crew, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that. But the series, it's a comedy, but I think it's smart. It's witty and it has like a level of consciousness for lack of a better word. But I Mm. think that's how I would describe it. So for those listeners that are not familiar, can you just share a bit about what the show is about and your character? I've seen all the episodes, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for watching. I'm glad you're enjoying them. Yeah. Grand Crew is about six friends and they're navigating life and love relationships work And they come together for what we call like a wind down at their favorite local wine bar, which is called Crew. Faye, she comes into the series in episode two and she's new to the crew. She's recent transplant from New York City to Los Angeles. And she's a fun one. She gives really good advice. (laughs) I think think what I've been enjoying the most is seeing people on Twitter be like, when are y'all gonna realize you just need to listen to Faye? (laughs) She's kind of the voice of reason the last few episodes, which has been fun. But she's also... So, you know, has this interesting past. She's a fun character. She's a fun character to play. All our characters are just, you know, so fun. Like everyone on the show is is so fun and funny. So yeah, it's been a total dream to be working on this show. So one of my favorite episodes, it just hit a different way. It's one that's called Wine and Headlines. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just got chills because the characters were all struggling in a different way, you know, about the world's bad news. Mm -hmm. And, And it was very particular. It was about certain incidences that had to do with, you know, violence against brown, black people. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I appreciated the way that the show demonstrated the different coping mechanisms that we use, whether Mm. it's ignoring, exercising your way out of it. (laughs) whining your way out yeah (laughs) so I really appreciated that the show hit some serious serious notes and I loved it and it was one of the reasons that I just I won't stop watching at this point I love it thank you so my question for you is what about the show appealed to you just what did you think when the script came to you and why was it so important to do this show 
Well, first of all, Phil Augusta Jackson, who's our show creator, and Dan Gore, who's our executive producer, and he created Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They're both smart, funny, amazing guys. Phil is a genius, if you ask me. And the writing is just so good. I remember when I got the script, I mean, I, I read the breakdown of Faye and I immediately connected to her and I was like, oh my God, this is me. Like she's from New York. She's a recent transplant to LA. I just like instantly was like, I love this character. And then when I read the sides, which were just dummy sides, they were not even in the show. They're just sides they wrote for the audition and they were so funny. And I was like, I, I thought they were going to be in the show. They were so funny. And not only were they funny, but they were smart. And I, you know, I didn't feel like I had to play at this like stereotypical, you know, black woman character that a lot of times you do have to play at, especially in comedy, and especially on network television. And so it was really refreshing to get these sides that didn't have that in there. And, and I felt like I can really bring myself to it and just be who I am and have fun with it. But as far as the show itself, yeah, I think our writer's room is phenomenal. And I think they do such a great job at keeping it like light and funny and still feel good, but still touching on issues that we as people deal with every day. And then we as black people deal with every day. And, you know, Wine and Headlines is one of my favorite episodes. It's the most recent episode. And we opened that one a little different. Usually our, our cold opens are really silly <laughs> and really, really fun. And this time we opened it with this poet, Jay Ivy, and he, he did this yes. gorgeous poem that, yeah, totally gave me chills when I heard it. Chills right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it was so beautiful and so well done. And it was just, just a great way to, to kick off the episode that also, you know, aired on like the first day of Black History Month, which was also really beautiful. I loved it. I mean, it was just, it was impactful. Now, there was a line, and I think mm -hmm. it was in this episode, mm -hmm. where your character said, I go where life takes me, living <laughs> in the moment. So my question for you is, is that statement all Faye, or is it also true for Gracie? It is also true for Gracie. I have had a lot of jobs. <laughs> I've done a lot of things. You know, I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. Ooh. Yeah, I'm also a big believer that it's if something makes you truly unhappy, then try to find the happy in something else. And, you know, there's privilege with that for sure. I, I'm a fortunate person and my mom worked her butt off to give me a good education. You know, we were poor when I was younger, but I was never like starving poor. I grew up in decent neighborhoods. You know, I had a, a really good upbringing considering that my mom had me as a teenager and and we didn't have any money. And so I think with that, and with this beautiful family that I have in, in, in real life, there comes this comfort or privilege that like, hey, I'm going to be fine. My family has my back. I can try whatever the hell I want to try. I can do whatever I want to do. And that comes with also, I'm going to work my butt off to make sure I'm the best at everything I do. And I'm going to hustle, hustle, hustle. But like, you know, I went to school for journalism. I thought I wanted to work in news. I started working in news right out of college. I realized news was not for me. Speaking of wine and headlines, it was just too depressing. And I was like, I don't want this in my life every day. And so I went to MTV to work at MTV News because I thought, oh, entertainment news, that's fun. And then that led me to production and I started as a PA. And then, but all the while, I've always loved acting. And I think a big part of me not pursuing it as a young adult, like in high school or college was feeling like, you know, first generation, first person to go to college, like I need a quote unquote real job. You have to be a doctor, a lawyer, you have to have yeah, a real yeah. career. Yeah. Exactly. My mom and my stepdad both worked in finance. So I was like, well, I guess I'll work in finance. I didn't even know what that meant. I hate numbers. Like, girl, why I still would don't I know what that means. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why would I ever work in finance? And so I went to NYU, but luckily I did not get into the 
the business school at NYU, which is where I applied. <laughs> and so they were like, you didn't get into the business school, but we have accepted you into the university, pick another major, basically. And so I did. And, you know, again, everything happens for a reason. That led me to journalism, which led me to hosting, which led me to acting. I did a bunch I of have, things. I have to so ask, I- you have Dominican parents? One of yeah. your parents. <laughs> but both of my both of my parents are Dominican. I'm 100% Dominican. But my mom and dad split when I was like pretty young. I was like two. And my stepfather, since I was pretty young, is Italian American. So okay. Ooh, too yeah. strong. I mean, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> my brother in law is Italian. I totally get it. So yeah. it's funny because it sort of leads into my next question. You know, for me, growing up in New York City, raised in a Dominican household during the time that I was raised, I did Mm. not see people that looked like me on television. And now my daughter, who's turning 19, crazy enough, she... (laughs) You don't look like you have a 19-year-old daughter. Okay, then I won't tell you my age. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So she has a completely different experience. She is seeing Latinas like her, like you, not only in front of the camera, but Mm -hmm. behind the camera, she is seeing, you know, Latinas on the big screen, the small screen, the Supreme Court, Congress, the White House. Mm -hmm. It's really, really completely different to how I grew up. Mm -hmm. So how does it feel for you to be part of this change taking place? Because, you know, with shows like Grand Crew, and the films that you're making, you are part of the change. I just got chilled. Oh my God, you, you? you keep making me get chilled. Well, that is, wow. Hearing that, I mean, I'm going to cry. I mean, hearing that. Stop it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a crier. So. I'm a crier too. Hearing that just really touched my heart because like, I definitely want to be part of the change. And I definitely want to, you know, have more representation of women and women of color and specifically Afro-Latinas, like not only in front of the camera, like you said, but also, yeah, like behind it, like creating shows and directing and writing and doing all these things, producing. And so to be any little bit of part of it is incredible. And what I love is that, you know, Grand Crew has given me a, a little bit even more of a platform. And I love that when they announced me being on the show that they included that I was Dominican American, because then that gave all these Latin outlets an opportunity to then share the news, which was really beautiful to see like my people, you know, supporting me, and especially supporting me on a black show, because you know, this is not a show about Latinos. And I am Latina, but I'm also black. And so it's like, it's really great to have that support from the community acknowledging my Afro-Latina-ness, you know what I mean? And and giving me that love and support. Well, one, I hope to be able to keep doing the show. I hope, you know, we get a second season and we get to keep playing. But also I hope to create and make more opportunities not only for myself, but for other, you know, women and and people of color to to be able to create and and tell their story. I could tell you're going to definitely keep pushing no matter what happens. (laughs) But yes, we want a second season. So it's really interesting that you mentioned your platform. I think Mm -hmm. having a platform is a huge responsibility. And I understand that now. And we have the power to do good or evil. And you've used yours to create awareness, give others a voice, make the world better in a variety of ways. And one of those additional ways is your podcast, Not Blank Enough. Oh, I can't. It is so incredibly powerful. I was able to listen to a few episodes and I want to personally thank you 
for helping normalize this feeling of not enough. And I'm gonna try to get through this without getting teary-eyed. <laughs> I've had the same experience as a lot of those guests. You know, my hair is not straight enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not light-skinned enough, not successful enough, not good enough to achieve the things that I want. I think so many of us have felt that way, but I'm always working on myself and working to strengthen that mindset that I am enough. So mm. my question for you is, if I asked you, what is your not blank enough? What does mm -hmm. that look like? I mean, there's so many. <laughs> I know, girl. I just gave you like a few. I mean, I mean, that's why I started the podcast, right? I mean, also it was like deep COVID and I was bored and so wanted something to do. And at the same time, I had been developing a TV show that's loosely based on my life as an Afro-Latina and, and never quite feeling like I, I fit in. And so, you know, I'm writing this pitch document and I'm, and I'm having these Zoom meetings with producers and I'm telling my story. And the more I was doing that, I was like, wow, you know, it'd be really cool to talk to other people and, and, and talk to them about how they feel not enough. And so I did, and we did about 40 something episodes and talked to some incredible guests that were all so gracious and gave me their time. But, you know, we talked to everyone from like actors to writers to, uh, I had a NASA engineer on there, like just like really incredible people from all walks of life, all different backgrounds, ethnicities, sexualities, disabilities, like, and it was just so incredible to see the fact that whether you are a straight white man from London or, you know, a Afro-Latina with a disability from Los Angeles, like we all have those feelings of not enoughness, right? There's always a time where we feel imposter syndrome. There's always a time where we feel it's just not good enough. And so I think if I think about myself today, you know, I still on a personal level don't feel Latina enough. I still don't always feel black enough. I think as far as imposter syndrome, I, I, I feel not talented enough. I always feel like, how did I get this show? Like even getting the show, I was like, oh, they made a mistake. <laughs> they didn't mean to hire me. I'm not funny. I'm not funny enough to be on a show with freaking Nicole Byer. Like, so there's always going to be those feelings of not enoughness. And through running and meditation and therapy and, you know, hanging out with my friends and connecting with my mom and having all these self-help, self-love things that I do, that brings me back to the moment that gets me out of my head, that gives me the ability to show up and perform, that gives me the ability to sit down and write and be like, you know what, that's just chatter in your head that's telling you you're not good enough, don't listen to it. Thanks for saying that, but goodbye, I'm going to silence you now and I'm going to get to work and I'm going to do what I need to do. But we're always going to have that, you know, that's, not, that's never going to go away. It's, I think what happens is that you just learn to deal with it in a productive way that allows you to still move forward in life. I love that. And I, I just, you know, listening to it, it made me feel because I still have those moments. I don't think they're, they'll really ever stop. It's more mm -hmm. about me controlling those thoughts. But, you know, listening to others makes you feel like, wow, I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're sharing those stories. So thank, thank you for you. that. Thank you. So you are doing Grand Crew, you are doing, you're doing films, you're doing the podcast, you are going to continue the podcast, no? As of now, I'm not. The podcast was really more almost like, I don't want to say a limited series, because I don't know if we do that with podcasts, but in a way it was like, it was something like, I really wanted to 
have a good body of work with that and like an interview really inclusive, diverse group of people and then kind of be done with it. I did it in collaboration with a production company and they know that I'm open to seeing where it goes. If it got, you know, suddenly got more listeners or it suddenly wanted, we wanted to turn it into something else that I'm definitely willing to, you know, hear that pitch and maybe do that. You know what was really interesting? Uh I noticed that you lend the platform for others to speak. You don't do a whole lot of speaking. No. And it's so funny. I think uh, I don't know anything about the podcast world. Right. And I just did this to do it. And what I kept hearing was like, no, podcasts are really about the host. People tune in for the host. But what I'm like, yeah, but I don't want this to be about me. Like, I want this to be about my guests. Like, I want to hear their stories. And so, you know, certain episodes I talk more when the blank related to me a little more strongly, like the not Latinx enough, the not Dominican enough. I have to listen to that then. Yeah. So those I, I definitely- A lot of episodes. I got through a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot out there. So for now, I'm not doing the podcast. It's just out in the world for people to enjoy as, as they as they like. My focus right now, while we wait to hear if we're going to get a second season, is writing. I'm writing right now uh, my first feature film, and I'm still developing two show ideas that we will hopefully take out soon. And that's it, really. You that's, know, a I, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. Be careful yeah. what you wish for. Yeah, that's true. So one of the things that I like to do with every interview is leave some sort of takeaway. Well, we have a lot of takeaways here, but (laughs) some sort of positive message, advice, just words to inspire others. So my question for you is, for anyone tuning in who is feeling like they are not enough, what encouraging words can you share? Well, no, number one, that you are enough. Know that you are enough, but you might never feel that like a hundred percent that you are, but you have to really believe that you are, if that makes sense. Because, you know, I think especially now, sadly, I've been hearing a lot of stories of like young people, you know, committing suicide. And to me, that is just the saddest thing in the world. And even having like personal stories or like one degree of, of hearing someone taking their life. And it just makes me so sad because obviously these people are in immense pain, right? But also I wish they knew how much people love them and how much loss people are going to feel without them. And so I think when you do feel like not enough, like at least for me, I really think about the people in my life who love me and who care about me and people I can lean on. And I understand not everyone has that, but I, I do think there are always like outlets and, and there are more people that care than you think. You know what I mean? Like there's just more people that care than you think. And I think there's more people that genuinely want you to be happy than I think most people think. And so, you know, it, it's hard to not feel that you're not enough, but one, know that you are and know that when those thoughts come in your head, they're normal. And we all feel that. Literally everyone feels that no matter how rich they are, successful they are, pretty they are, skinny they are, blah, 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 blah. Or no matter how perfect their life looks. Yes, on social media where we're supposed to show the good stuff, right? And so no matter how quote unquote perfect anyone looks and seems and feels, we all feel it. We all feel it. That is the one thing that makes us universal and human, you know, so just that, I mean, I know it's very like cliche, but it's like, it, it's true. Just know that you are enough and believe it, but also know that those thoughts are going to come into your head probably forever and ever. And that's okay. I love that you said that. I mean, you are amazing, an amazing human being, an amazing Latina, 
an amazing woman. Please tell our listeners how they can find you. I already follow you, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm on Instagram and on Twitter and it's at Gracie Mercedes. Gracie spells an S-G-R-A-S-I-U-M-E-R-C-E-D-E-S. And then you can watch Grand Crew. You can stream it on Hulu and Peacock. And then we're on Tuesday nights at 8.30 on NBC. You beat me to it. <laughs> Yay. But yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your grace, for your beautiful heart. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on another episode of the AW Confidential Podcast. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of AW Confidential. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with all your friends. You can find me on awakened-woman.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse as Woman Awakened. I'm also on Facebook as AW Inspires. I hope you join me next time on another episode that is sure to be anything but confidential.